Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Dack. And each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies. And this week we're watching... From the year 2008, directed by Andrew Stanton. Uh, That was Wally, in case you didn't catch that from the sound drop. Eva. Eva. Uh... How long has it been since you've seen this, John? Too long, I think. Uh, it, it's been it's been quite a while. Even though I I enjoyed it a bunch, uh, man, I I I might have only seen it one time, like shortly, like around the time it came out. Because I feel like this was on like a steady rotation in my house after it came out on like DVD. My son would watch this and like meet the Robinsons on repeat and it had to be like 2009 or 2010. And I think after we, after he moved on to something else, I think that we kind of shuttered it and I haven't watched it really since. Although it's, I remember it being a great movie. Well, I think it's, I think it's at least a good movie, maybe a great movie, maybe one of the best. And it certainly is the last one in our space series here at the beginning of the year. So I I think it's, it might be a a good way to wrap up things just because there's a certain, I don't know, inventiveness. There's a certain, like, I, I just remember when it did first come out, you know, that, that feeling of. It, sorry, I'm all over the place here because I'm just overwhelmed by emotions. No, um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just thinking about in comparison to say like 2001, that 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 story you told about like is there gonna be any words in this movie or you know like whatever you like, right? But like with Wally, there was almost a sense of like, are there is there actually gonna be dialogue in this and and do I care? Like I'm kind of cool if there's not. This is. Something's going on here that's not your traditional animated movie, not even your traditional Pixar movie. You know, something that just has a little more symbolism, has a little more like contemplation, and a lot of a lot of heart and a lot of time went into every little scene, and 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 so it just it was presented itself in a way that you spent more time observing the scenarios and, and the background and and what happens therein. Now, again, as someone who only watched it one time you know, <laughs> 10, 15 years ago or whenever. Um, when, when, what year did it come out again? 2008. All right, good enough. So yeah, I can't do math, but that's got to be at least, what, 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, like tw- maybe 25. So Who, Who's counting? Yeah, it's, it's impossible to know. But uh, no, I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, there's, th- there's definitely a very long stretch, with the exception of the very opening scene where you have, like, the... Uh, the the videos from the uh, uh, the you know the TV and how like the Buy More, which is their like Costco, uh, the Fred Willard on the TV basically like the only live action character in the entire movie too, which is kind of kind of weird or one of the only. Uh, but aside from that, you you don't have any even like human characters for 
a solid half hour, 45 minutes in this movie. Like it's just robots and there, but there's, there's something that's sort of pure about it. Like Wally's this curious little robot. He like suddenly develops a curiosity for things and he like gets bored with just making blocks of trash and cleaning up. So he like starts building them into things. And hey, spoilers. Okay. Right. Yeah, you're right. But the, the, the point is, is like he's interested in the world around him and he wants to know what things are and what they do. And he like, he just, he has this entire personality and it's, it's endearing and it's, it's, there's a joyful feeling that you get when you watch it. And I think I'm going to get that again as we watch it again. And I'd, I like, you're I'd like to have a, I'd like to have a joyful feeling. And you know what? Uh, I, as long as it takes to keep humans out of it, it's fine with me. I'm not a, always a big fan of all humans, not even a lot of them. Mm, and the majority of them are. And like great. Wally, like Wally, apparently, uh, I'm very much like him in certain ways because sometimes I get curious and I just want to know how things work. And so I guess what I'm asking you, Anthony, is are you ready to watch Wally? I sure am. We're going to go watch this now. It is streaming to Disney Plus. If you want to go watch it there or if you have it in your personal collection or you can go and rent it from one of the various streaming rental services that are out there. And when we come back, we are talking Wally. John, are you ready? Uh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Welcome back, everyone. Did you drink your breakfast? Are you good to go? We ready to talk da, about some Wally? Da, 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 Wally. We just watched Wally. We did. <laughs> I, I, just I was not expecting that. You kind of threw me for a loop. I, you know, loop throwing is one of those things I bring to the table. It's one thing that you do exceptionally well. I, I, many people talk about. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I mean, I know where I'm going with the whole, uh, you know the horrible singing rendition of the theme from 2001 and that this was so cool to watch this movie just you know what two weeks after watching two, two three weeks three weeks after watching weeks, 2001 because it just it just is obviously there's such an uh homage being paid to 2001 and there's all these fun little parallels and it's just like some are blatant, some are very subtle, and so it was just like, oh, cool, fun, two totally different movies, two good movies, except, you know, this one is, you know, has a lot of heart and character development, um, whereas, you know, 2001 was more about cold, philosophical growth and interesting stuff, mm -hmm. you know, as the... Uh, well, I don't know why words are coming to me so in wrong direction today. Have you had enough to drink? <sighs> That's the problem. Hold on. <sighs> I feel so much better now. Good. Did you know blue's the new red? Is it? I'm ah, just kidding. It's the other way around. <laughs> no. 
You got that right. Oh, I got it right. But, you know, things change. They do. So, speaking of things changing. (laughs) (laughs) Let's change the the, the line of this because it's very confusing to me and probably our listeners. I suggest anyone who just listened to that, go back, start in the beginning again, but change the playback speed to five times? It'll be much more confusing. It'll make a lot more sense then. Uh, I want to start with the end credits for just a second because it was especially fun to me because there was the, the 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 way that the animations were moving and and, and I'm talking po- like the post uh, the art sort of progression through the art history bit the actual like the little eight bit characters running around the screen yeah uh, it ha- had elements of E T the Atari version of the ET video game that I was just like, oh wow, this is moving around just like that, and it looks impossible to beat, just like ET. Um, I think we should take a moment and talk about ET the Atari game, as long as we're talking about Wally. Sure. Did you did you put any time into that game yourself personally? I played it, but I was like five, so I I didn't get like the game pro or the game facts to to try and beat it and but i i do remember it being even at five years old and not really having a concept of like completion of a thing being really frustrated that i don't know what the hell i'm doing and i don't know what the point of any of this is and i i probably played it i don't know seven or eight times and would get frustrated and put on like arkanoid or something like that where i could just break bricks (laughs) i i can't even begin to imagine how much time I put into that uh, game. It was a lot. And I I was old enough to where I should have known better. But, you know, (laughs) it it was one of those things where I think maybe the rest of the family had given up on it as being a silly, pointless game that you can't beat and that there's no reason. And, you know, like you said, you know, why not just play uh, Space Invaders or Warlords or Missile Command? Galaga. You know, there's a lot of good choices out there. Uh, My favorite uh, Atari game uh, was definitely Missile Command. I always wish I had like a little trackball like in the arcade. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Missile Command. We're here to talk about <laughs> E.T. the Atari game. That's what this podcast is about. That's the last time I checked. And I guess I'll, I'll just bring my comparison of E.T., the extraterrestrial, the Atari 2600 video game, to Wally, and saying that they both exist. That's true. And one was good and one wasn't. And Wally was good. <laughs> Wally was good. Both the character I, and the movie. I will hand it to this movie. It does everything that it set out to do uh, in spades. Like it was just from beginning to end. It's it, it's never trying to be more than what it is. And it's executing on that beautifully. Uh, it. There are obviously there's there's messages and things that are sort of interspersed in there and things that seem a little off, which we'll get to. But on the whole, this movie is great. Yeah, I I agree. I I had positive feelings about it, but again, having not watched it for so long, I wasn't a hundred percent sure how I'd come out the other side. And I mean, really, just a minute or two in, I was just smiling because I'm like, <laughs> you know. 
you know what other movie kind of starts off real slow <laughs> and you don't know exactly what's happening and why you're there? <laughs> yeah. So it was like it was a lot of fun to just from the beginning to get that that vibe, that feeling of, you know, we're looking at a bit of art. We're looking at, you know, uh, flexing some muscles in this whole design of a world and creating a, a mythos and characters without actually really like saying or, or giving anything away, just building it all out. You understood you know, in some level, what happened to the world, you understood who or what Wally is slash was, um, and that he somehow, you know, evolved, that he he wasn't just like the other robots who slowly just, you know, went dormant or dead and he collects their their body parts. Um which which by <laughs> which the way is a little dark. No, but what's great about that too is that it's just like every post-apocalyptic action movie or zombie movie or Die Hard or whatever. The whole scene where he gets the new treads, where he's like pulling shoes off the dead body of like, you know, in order to like better his situation. That's like such a classic move. So to to include that moment, that idea of just him uh, going shopping for, for better parts for himself to enhance his life, it just felt true to... Uh, human type experience that we've seen played out in movies before and it was just this this robot that we were as of yet not 100 percent sure is this thing you know conscious is you know what what's going on here and and i'll give you that i i didn't really make that connection before like i i just sort of saw it as like oh this other creature robot that looks like me that's not working happens to have better treads than i do uh, so I'm going to take his treads that are part of his body and put them on me. And now that falls apart when we get to him going home, quote unquote home, and he takes off the treads. But still, it was <laughs> the, the, I had a moment where I was like, uh, did he just take that dude's feet? Like, and, and then later on, like when he's changing out his eye. <laughs> like, it, obviously that eye belonged to another Wally. <laughs> so, like, where, where that that feels a little ghoulish to me, but maybe but in, I'm just reading too much into it. it. It's, but it's in a cool way. It's in a survival it's, of it's the It's a cool fittest. ghoul. It's not like he's killing off another robot to steal its eye. You know, he, he's scavenging. He's making use of all the parts, just like, he's, you know... He's, doing his own organ transplants. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, if you're... you're trying to survive on the woods and you come across a moose you know it's just laying there dead and it's not rotted or anything you're you're gonna want to make use of that if you want to live and that's sure. what our friend wally was doing he's not a psycho with his own kind <laughs> i mean <laughs> if i'm out in the woods and i find a human body well and it's not rotten and i'm really hungry who knows i mean i'm, I'm sure that everyone has a line so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> are we going back to ET and Atari again? No, that was no, safer. No. Uh, although continuing into the end credits, I did really love that journey through the artwork, like going from sort of the, the petroglyphs to, uh, kind of more modern, like you had like the, uh, the tile mosaics and the, uh, the modern type art of of just showing the progression of like the people who had returned to Earth and even Wally and Eve, like I thought that, that was pretty neat. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. 
Uh, did you happen to watch all the way through to the very end, like Pixar card? Nope. Uh, there, there's a, a neat moment if you go back and watch. Uh, so, you know, how, like on the Pixar card, the lamp jumps across and it lands on top of the eye and it becomes the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it does that, but then it, it's light bulb goes out. And so Wally like rolls across the screen and fix it, like mm-hmm. replaces his light bulb. And then he like crushes the R. And so he like forms himself into the, like he like ducks into himself and puts his arm out and like a curve and like makes himself the R. I, I, I thought that, that was a nice little touch. So if you want to go back, if anybody watched it and didn't happen to stay through that whole sequence, go back and check it out. It's pretty neat. You know what I think is interesting? Comparing this movie to all of our other space movies, because why not? You know, if we're on a theme, I sure. think it's cool that uh, that Wally and Eve uh, have more personality in their performance than in Titan A are uh, two uh, lead characters there. They do, don't they? <laughs> and, and their <laughs> with, vocabulary with far is less dialogue. It's like what about maybe four actual words or so? Yeah, what is it? Directive, plant. <laughs> Wally, Eve, or Eva, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, you know, I, I think that that just goes to show you what good storytelling and, you know, develop it, development can really do as opposed to just having some kind of a, oh, this will be cool. We'll show this. This will look awesome. And then forgetting yeah. that we'll people... put higher in our trailer <laughs> hey that'll work it'll work every time that's <laughs> 60 of the time it works every time uh no i, I think that this uh the, the the comparisons that you've drawn to the other space movies that we've done so far are pretty pretty solid uh we, we we've done one other space movie how can we compare this particular film to total recall well it turns out that Wally was voiced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, was he? Man, I, I have to think, go back and check IMDb. Yeah, I think that might be not true. Okay, but well, <laughs> here, here here's like this theme though. You you do have this across a, a lot of, well, not just the movies we watch, but a lot of sci-fi in general. That whole classic man versus machine element, mm-hmm. um, whether it's conscious terminator style fighting the robots or total recall where you're dealing with like is it a real memory versus a virtual computerized memory and like you know how do you know how do you know like implants shoved up your nose and like all all these different ways of using technology to fight or fight against things um you have that constant battle and 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 here uh and wally it was it was interesting because they kind of made you know, um, uh, I don't auto uh, auto. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's pronounced like auto, like the name, but it's auto like autopilot, <laughs> but like they, that auto is kind of, I guess you could say a, a villain of the movie, not like a true villain, but like, he's also just kind of following orders and just being a robot. Um, so it's interesting. So it's not a hundred percent same translation, but there's still that whole, back and forth except that you know for a lot of this movie you have the machines being you know more human than the humans are and the humans are acting more like machines or traditionally and so just 
flipping good and bad man and, and machine it's it's kind of trippy i kind of enjoyed it yeah i see auto is sort of a uh, and if you wanted to put it into like a rpg alignment like a dnd alignment i'd see him as almost like a, a lawful neutral rather than than evil he's not malevolent he's not yeah. like he's not trying to hinder the human race he has his orders that came from his his manufacturer that said hey don't come back to earth at any cost, like make sure you do not come back because shit's here. Shit here is fucked. Uh, and so he was, you know, trying to fulfill that. And but like, so what? What do we think? Given just the context of what we have in Wally the movie, um, what grants some machines like a consciousness, a higher level, <sighs> like because. What's his face? Otto has been around, you know, since you know, hundreds of years, and or wait, yeah, hundreds of years, yeah, seven hundred so, years. So he's been around. He's had many different connections with human beings, different the different captains, you know, like so, like there's been this time and exposure. Like, how come then nothing ever sparked in him, or maybe it did, and maybe he it started off with Otto following orders but it became more of a an emotional undercurrent for justifying his existence you know it's interesting i wonder where that line is because you definitely get the feeling not just you know wally and eve um (laughs) perfect pronunciation you're welcome um so it's it's like not just them but it's maybe those like quote-unquote screwed up you know robots that were quarantined um, or maybe they're just <laughs> kind of messed up. It, it's an interesting question that I think they it's left purposely vague. They don't really get into it on any level. But w- what's your what's your take on that? Well, because uh, I'm glad you brought this up. I was actually going to save this for our final question, but we can totally talk about it now. Um, I, I, I had posed the question in my notes: Is there something about Wally that causes robots to become self-aware? Because like he he brings like he he hijacks the the gurney that Eve is on. Mm-hmm. And he takes her into that uh, that facility for you know to to take her up to the bridge, and you have the robot that's like punching buttons and finally notices them, and you know Wally waves, and the robot is like, "Oh, I can wave too. That's neat." And then as they're leaving, like the the robot's like, "Hey, look, I can wave. I can wave. I can wave. Look at me." And so like th- there's this this. Mm-hmm. Self awareness that develops after that robot meets Wally, and this, we don't really know that that robot has had that capability up to that point. Now that being said, they go to the the repair shop, a repair ward, or whatever they called it, and all these other robots are like whacked out, but are presumably that way throughout the entire film. So whatever they are when we first see them is what they are later on. Uh, so I don't necessarily think that it's Wally so much as you you have these machines that and we don't know how they're built or anything like that. We don't know what their their programming is or anything like that. Uh I, I presume that they aren't necessarily built to learn, but maybe they break their programming after so long. Like Yeah, it's it's interesting to think of Wally somehow being the catalyst and how he got that way, who knows, but you do see him having the same impact on humans, 
you know, the, the, he's waking, he wakes them up out of their stupor just by being himself. And then, you know, they start to notice the world around them and they're instantly attached and grateful and, you know, excited about Wally and want him to be okay. And like, there's like this instant connection and, and they, you know, in turn try to help see, have others. And it kind of spreads almost like a, a virus of sorts because I guess you could kind of make an argument that the human beings on this ship before Wally's arrival were not actually conscious, you know, like there is again, that, that fine line between, you know, how aware are they of their own existence and their own surroundings? Like how aware do you need to be for that sort of thing to count? It's, it's, you know, it's, it can get into technicalities and all. So I'm not trying to argue the merits of like, you know, overall, like, are their lives even worth living or, or whatever? And, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, euthanasia of of fat uh, floating chair, you know, people <laughs> on a ship. But it's just like it just becomes clear that, you know, Wally coming to the ship and, you know, specifically coming with even the the sample of plant life and what that does you know, to the captain and what that ultimately does for everyone is kind of like it wakes them up. And, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't a very smart idea to go back to Earth, but it's like that wasn't the point. The point is maybe existence requires adventure. It, it requires challenges. It requires stretching yourself, not just simply having a heartbeat. So I think that's really interesting. There's another movie that tackles that question pretty well. Uh, and, and I like the way that they do it. Uh, have you seen? Yep. Alf. Elf. Elf does, and Alf both tackle that question pretty well. But the movie that I was thinking of, have you seen The Island? Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they, they talk about, if you haven't seen The Island, we're going to do it on the show eventually, but uh, basically these people are, are clones that are used for, for medical purposes, but the the clones kept dying uh in the the facility be, because they weren't interacting they were just being basically being kept in like a stasis and and they would just die because they they had no no purpose or anything like that and maybe that's kind of what drives the people in this movie back to earth is they realize oh i haven't had a purpose up to this point uh earth is ready for me let's do this <sighs> figured it out oh you did wally is the monolith oh and he evolves the cooking well the cooking i mean if you look at the food and stuff that's happening right, they grow pizza yeah like pizza plants that didn't that wasn't even a no one knew about that till wally showed up no but like the whole idea of the monolith shows up and then you know rapid evolution takes place thereafter so it's just like him him coming to the ship. It 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 just triggers uh, with man and machine. It, it you know he he is the he is the Zarathustra. There you go. You got that in one. All right. Proud of you. <sighs> I, I was trying to make that make less sense so we could eat at more time, but <laughs> ah well, efficiency rules. Uh, well, don't go ahead and explain it then. No, no, I, I just wanted to somehow integrate the idea of of the obvious comparison of Otto with Hell, and 
and the the actual <laughs> music being played as the co-pilots fighting hell being that battle of man versus machine and and like i wanted like as he you know throws the you know as he becomes victorious i wanted that before that wheel turned into a steering mechanism for the ship i wanted to sing that daisy song and it didn't happen so see I if we're talking musically for that particular scene, I have a better, I have a better soundtrack for that. Uh oh, it's holding out for a hero by Bonnie Tyler. So during that whole fight between the captain and and you get the, the fight between the captain and Otto, and then you have, you know, the 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 robots helping get the plant to Eve to throw into the thing to save Wally and all that. Like holding out for a hero, I think is a is a great. A uh, great way to do that. I can't disagree with you. However, what s- action scene couldn't be made better by having that as the soundtrack? That's uh, that's an entirely. <laughs> we, we could do a whole episode about. We could that. do a whole podcast. But where every week we just bring up a holding movie. Holding out for a hero cast, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst idea that we've had that in, is... in the last few minutes. Dear Bonnie Tyler to use your song as a podcast uh no please continue <laughs> continue writing your letter for the podcast this is <laughs> uh there, there's a there, obviously there's a, a an important message here and i'm glad that you brought up like maybe going back to earth wasn't the best choice uh but it was the most obvious one um the, the, there's a very important message in this film, which is that Earth needs us to be kind of better stewards for her, right? Like mm-hmm. nature, uh, those of you who don't know John and I personally, uh, nature is something that both of us love to partake in. Uh, we love to hike and we love to to go out in, into nature and, and enjoy all of the things that uh, the, the the cities don't offer and the uh, the the man-made things don't offer we like and trails we like rocks we trees like water, love the shit out of some um, fucking trees rocks sometimes a bird uh i could go on for minutes. you could uh let's all do our part to not make the earth like uh like like it became in wally and, beaches and, Oh God, beaches! I haven't been to a beach in so fucking long. Um, well, let's, let's do our part. Like it's easy to be a cynic, but as much as we're like individuals and and you know my rats and whatever, like we also know how to come together. Let's just pick up a little trash, have a smaller carbon footprint. Like don't 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 ruin this for future generations where they have to go into space and live in microgravity and have weak bones and or like ride around know, on hover chairs like that's not i'm cool not if cool. people just want to leave earth and go into microgravity and hover chairs but like I mean, don't don't, do, ruin don't ruin earth the to get earth to us even to more yeah just leave now and leave me alone and like that's cool i'll 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 be good with that agreed um also mesas mesas are pretty great um <laughs> Yeah, Va- I, valleys. 
I, I think there's there are some, some beautiful valleys. There definitely are some movies that are even more heavy handed than Wally in trying to portray messages. And sometimes it just comes across so preachy that it's just almost painful because it's like, yeah, that's a cool message and all, but you crammed it in unnecessarily or in a way that was so like I think of like Happy Feet. Have you seen Happy Feet? Mm-hmm. It's a fun, charming little movie. I happen to like penguins especially penguins that dance and rap and sing sure who doesn't love that but then when you just have the whole you know like part of the movie is all oh what's my worth and you know how do i determine who i am and then it's like rapidly change everything and change the whole point of the movie to like uh oh global warming and humans causing troubles this is a bad thing and like you know it's it's no fern gully i'll just say that but um, can I tell you the corollary that I drew at the end, like with the human showing up in that movie? You draw human hearts and stuff. Cor- cor- corollary, not coronary. Oh, yeah, please do. Um, have you seen Apocalypto? Mm-hmm. Have you seen the end of Apocalypto? The one where uh, Wally changes the light bulb and the logo. That <laughs> yeah, that. No, no I didn't watch it to the end of the credits for Apocalypse. No, it wasn't to the end of the credits, just to the end of the movie. Uh, at the end of Apocalypto, the uh, Europeans show up to, like, you know, convert and enslave. And I, for some reason, I got vibes of that at the end of Happy Feet, and it kind of ruined it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's just Happy Feet is no E.T., the Atari game, but... That's true. It, it just, you know, wasn't done well. But with Wally, you know, I could see... Because everybody gets up in arms and complains about everything. Sure, I'm sure there's people who thought, could you just make a fun kids movie without having to like get make it all political about saving the planet? But it's like that's the thing about so much that happens. I was gonna say nowadays, but what I mean by that is like in this century. I don't know. It's this like decade? that. This decade for sure, but even longer than that is this like emotional dissonance between like reality being dictated by, you know, events and existence versus your feelings about what's going on. And like, if everybody on this ship in Wally, if they like were running out of food and they were about to die and, you know, their option was to go back to earth and live like, you know, I I could see there'd probably be people, you know, they could have made this movie into people who didn't want to go back, you know, even though they were on the verge of dying because, you know, that because of fear, there would be people manipulating messages and there could have been all of these different things to reflect the human condition. Um, and, and the fact that they picked one imperfection, which is our, you know, acting like a bunch of locusts, you know, who are just destroying everything in our path. Um, like, that's not the human race I know. Yeah. So it's just like, I know I'm a little all over the place in this <laughs> run-on sentence, but I just feel this was done in a perfectly fine way. And, you know, let's save waterfalls. Yeah, and don't go chasing them. Don't go chase them. Just stick to the rivers and the lakes you're used to. Because yeah. I think if you, otherwise you'll, it'll be, you know, blah, 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 E.T., uh, Atari. <laughs> it, I, I just saved everyone four minutes of me uh, five, <laughs> reciting so. waterfalls by TLC. Fantastic. Yeah, because it's actually well, fine. You brought it up, but waterfalls by TLC was the original uh, like eight bit soundtrack for 
uh, E.T. the Atari game. Um, but it just was like, and nobody really got it. Yeah, they didn't understand. They weren't ready. I'm I'm glad that we ended up with the live version that we got. So I've I've a couple questions here. Yeah. Uh, one of which is, if by and large the mega corporation that apparently became a uh, 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 what's the former government that I'm thinking of where it's run by corporations. Anyway, they became the government basically and they you know Oligarchy. shipped everyone off of hers. Oligarchy, there we go. Uh they they shipped everyone off of Earth in these ships and said, Okay, you'll come back in five years and everything will be cool. And then everything wasn't cool in five years, and so they said, uh, don't come back. Why not have a contingency plan to like I don't know look for another planet instead well, they of had a wandering aimlessly for 700 years? It was, it was years? Eve. Because well, yeah, we, we don't know but, where else Eve was launched to. Like, there were so many, you know, maybe they were sending spaceships in every possible direction searching for, like, signs of life anywhere. Including back to Earth. Maybe, but, I don't know, the the, the plot doesn't really lend to that. Like, the it's a button that sends you back to Earth. Buttons can do a lot of cool things, Anthony. That's, I mean, I, I can't argue against that. Like, buttons Done. can do a lot of cool things. So, yeah, so I, I think I've just rendered your argument moot. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like, I, I don't give them too much shade for that because it is just a corporation thinking, so being short-sighted and thinking about just profits and stuff like I'm surprised they were capable of, you know, I, I don't even want to think about exactly how they're able to maintain the lives that they maintained for all those hundreds of years. Like, how does that work? Like, well, I mean, you're, you're at the pinnacle of technology at that point. Like, all you're doing is sustaining human beings. It's not hard to do when they're in fucking hover chairs. But, you know, you keep them going and don't let them overpopulate the ship. The end. Yeah, yeah. Except, you know, that's the funny thing about human beings. You got to feed and water them. You know, that stuff doesn't just spontaneously grow. Right. But I I imagine there's robots that are manning some kind of hydroponics setup, or maybe they have like replicator technology like in Star Trek and they eat their own shit that's been reconstituted. I mean, I think I would have been fine with it being a more <laughs> um, agricultural, horticultural solution. But like, <laughs> like I think it could have been a fun little glimpse to just get an idea that this is more than just they've been eating 700 years worth of like Slurpee Twinkies or whatever. But, you know, what are we going to do? We can't change I, that. I mean, that would certainly be more interesting but I think that the idea here is that they're not interesting because they're just there. They just exist, and they're just waiting for a time when they can, you know, go and, and be more than what they are. And in the end, we get to that, obviously, because they go back to Earth, and they leave the ship, and they repopulate the planet, presumably, or they all die. I, I imagine they don't all die because we get a nice little end credit scene where it's all artsy and shit, but, you know, it could have happened. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I think what, what's also interesting in that 
everything, you know, the entire path of humanity in this movie, um, you know, we're supposed to have hope, you know, as they get back that they're going to do things better. You know, this time they're going to teach their kids, you know, to, to grow food and be active and clean things up. But, you know, they're, they're facing <laughs> quite an uphill battle, but you never know what's going to happen. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think a nice touch that they could have included as well that they, they didn't, that would have, I think, added even more of a parallel with uh, 2001 is if Otto had, like, expressed some sort of fear. Like, like just like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, Dave. Or, you know, like, just something where Otto, like, had a motivation. It would have been, I think one tiny little touch that I, I would have enjoyed quite a bit is to have it be like, maybe he does have a touch of consciousness and maybe his actions, even though he seems like the villain, he's just afraid he's, he's seen what humanity is. And he, his conclusion is you can't go back to this planet. You're just gonna, you know, go out there and die. It's too harsh. You can't handle it. Like whether it's right or wrong, whether it's a good call or not, um, I think that one little component would have added just an extra level of, of texture uh, to the character of Otto. No, I, I tend to agree with that. I think that that would be uh, an even more compelling character. I think that it, it would definitely uh, make it a, a, a much more interesting thing. Uh, but even the Otto that we got, I think is sort of unique in its own right. Like I, I, I think that... Uh, having it be sort of this this emotionless kind of robot or, 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 or computer system or whatever, I think that that's, that that lends an additional layer of realism where you have all these other robots that are being emotional or emotive and self-aware and they're, they're finding joy in things that machines, at least today, couldn't. Uh, to have auto be this unfeeling thing lends a certain authenticity to him. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Take that. Uh, all right, final question. Do you feel like this, with all, all of the, we keep coming back to the people in the hover chairs, and, and, the fact that they're like so absorbed in the screens that are in front of them and like, they're like, Oh yeah, let's go hit some golf balls. And they just have a robot hitting golf balls for them. Do you feel like this movie is in, in, in a way an indictment of technology? I think it's aspirational. <laughs> okay. Don't you want to get to that point where uh, your life is just going and having robots at virtual golf or get golf balls and virtual courses for you and that's your entertainment no of course it's indicting humanity it's i mean it's that from from beginning to end it's stating humanity colon you fucked up well i didn't ask if this was an indictment of the indictment of humanity of course it's an indictment of humanity i asked if this is an indictment of technology that was the rewind button. Nice. Um, as I was saying, of course it's not an indictment of technology. 
Technology is a tool, unless you're talking about robots who can become conscious and then they're entities that set everyone else free. Um, <laughs> I think the whole the point of this is not to say the screen in front of their face is the villain. It's it's the path humanity takes to where that is that becomes the the final fully numbing agent that breaks them down and separates them from their ability to, you know, work within an environment. Like I know there are people maybe my age, maybe my generation, maybe a little bit older, but look at like quote unquote kids these days and they're just like, yeah, they don't, they don't appreciate going outdoors and playing and using their imagination. They're stuck behind their screens and, you know, but it's like, there's that traditional development in every generation where people think their music's just noise and we had the good stuff. And like, see the, all those transitions, all those things, you know, you tend to see a certain amount of evolution that comes with technology that's featured in different ways that could be good or bad. It's how it's used. And so, yeah, I'd say even within this movie, they're not suggesting otherwise they're they're The technology I feel is just the, the crutch that's being leaned on. Um, but they're not the cause of the predicament that they're in. It's just facilitates it. It certainly is kind of an enabling feature and especially at this point, but you know, the fact that you have a triumphant ending where the human spirit being victorious is, you know, saying I can go beyond technology and decide to plant something on Earth and it's going to be rough, but we'll make it happen. You're, you're going to farm so many pizza trees, you won't know what to do. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's the answer. I think the answer is no. Cool. Let's do another take where you uh, say yes. It's definitely an, ins- an indictment of technology. Technology's garbage, and and uh, so just on and did, so forth. The, so that I the... can shit all over that point because you basically made the argument that I did. I, well, I, I just like did the rewind noise. Of... Did you not hear the rewind noise? Yeah, I did. Okay, uh, hold on. Move on anyway. Oh man, because I. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go I ahead. I could go on. For do it. So. <clears throat> Yes, it's absolutely an indictment of technology. Just look at those fat humans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost, I, I almost kind of, sort of believed you. Uh, I didn't at all. No, I, I feel like it's less of that and more of just like, hey, you know, let's maybe live in the moment a little bit more, and you know, all that. Like that's that's I think that's really the message that's there as far as the technology piece of it goes. Uh, I. I I think I think you're right too that you know they are sort of just all, all, almost victims of circumstance when it comes to it. Like they boarded these ships thinking that they were going on a five year journey and Gilligan's uh, Island. You know, yeah, exactly a five year journey uh, that they, you know, obviously ended up staying on for centuries with you know additional generations added on and things like that and. You had robots tending to your every whim and robots that fixed the robots and robots that fixed the robots that fixed the robots and then a robot that also runs everything. So it's what 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 is there for humans to do at that point it, besides become fat and lazy and and all that because like, you know, you're in microgravity and it's <laughs> you don't have a job because you don't need one. You just hang out and fucking play virtual golf and sit by the pool 
and not actually get in the water. You know, uh, we talked about this movie for a while now, longer than we probably should have even dared. And we didn't once bring up the fact that this movie is really just a romantic comedy. It is a little bit, right? I mean, like, that's that's the heart of it. We just happen to be tackling all the, the higher level, deeper philosophical angles to this movie. But it's really a romantic comedy. It is, and it's, it's a good it's a, one. It's a long, it's a long came Polly with robots. It's No, it's a good one, I said. Sorry, you must have cut out there. I said it's a long came Polly with robots. <laughs> right. Except that it's a good movie. Yeah, like Along Came Polly. <laughs> Along Came Polly is not a good movie. We will never do that movie on this show, I promise you. Well, you've promised other things before, and then we did, you know, Love Actually. I never promised that we wouldn't do Love Actually. In fact, I promised that we did because oh, Love Actually, right. as I've stated on numerous occasions, is a wonderful, joyful film that okay. we should watch. I guess every that settles Christmas. It. I guess that's... we're watching it every holiday on the Memory Distillery, everybody. <laughs> just tune in every th- Thrumsday, and we'll just go to town on our favorite movie ever made, <laughs> Love Actually. The the oh god, I'm so angry about Wally now. <laughs> Wally's turned us back into these these fat carcasses of un undulating horror that watch movies like love actually and that he, well that was our us default position he's taught us to be better and we haven't learned the only way we can show wally his sacrifice his death was earned is that by never watching love actually again <laughs> uh well your declaration will be in vain because i will continue to watch it because it's wonderful jokes on you wally lived so we <laughs> don't watch love actually you fell into my Wally trap. <laughs> oh no! And you've been crushed. That's our show, everybody. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening to us each and every week as we distill another favorite from our past. Come and hang out with us every Monday as we release new episodes. And hey, by the way, um, I, I I I know we do these every so often. I just wanted to to kind of check in with everybody. How you doing? You all right? I know that you know we're still in the middle of this COVID thing. I'm uh, Sad. Oh no! I heard someone's a little bit sad. That's a lot of us are going through. That. Well, we are all going through that. If you are going through that, in all seriousness, like talk to somebody, talk to a friend, talk to a a counselor or something like that. Uh, if you do have to go out, uh, like myself, I do have to go into an office every day. Uh, such is my job. But make sure you're wearing a mask, please. Uh, like, just you know, be cool. Don't. You know, just be cool. Don't drop it under your nose. Don't, you know, wear it under your chin or, you know, don't be an asshole about it. Just wear a fucking mask and try to avoid other people and keep your distance and shit like that. So we can finally get through this and get these vaccines into everybody so we can get herd immunity and fucking go about our lives again without, you know, this pandemic hanging over us. That would be wonderful. Uh, and then you can listen us to us on your commute to work when you go back. It'd be wonderful. We should be rather than just sitting should, uh, in your fucking sad apartment. You're, you're getting out of hand. I think we should just I watch Castaway, and we can all learn from Tom Hanks' example in that one, and just living on an island by ourselves somewhere. Exactly. That's the ultimate social distancing. John, go ahead. Do you <laughs> you're you're just gonna unleash me upon this final bit of our show where I tell everyone. <laughs> Destroying the evidence is the song. 
by semaphore that we utilize in our podcast, okay, I'll do it. It but sure I won't is. be happy about it. And I'll follow that up with talking about our email address, which is the memory distillery at gmail.com. It's done. There, I did it. What about our socials? We don't have socials, unless you mean social security numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Mine I'm not is a robot. Nine, 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 nine. That sounds like a, what a robot would say. <laughs> uh, hey, by the way, John, you have uh, you have some YouTube shit happening too, don't you? Indeed I do, Anthony. Thank you for bringing that up. The best thing you could do in your life right now is to go to YouTube and just search for Embiggen Media. Uh, what's cool is that you'll find Emery's uh, Abedemarati Frau. And you'll find episodes of the Memory Distillery being transferred over to video for you to enjoy on youtube but also a bunch of different fun uh new and exciting projects that i've been working on uh, i think it's just going to be a lot of fun so you should go check it out and hang out there and subscribe so you can see cool stuff as it comes along and that's m biggin media e-m-b-i-g-g-e-n media so go check that out oh yeah well uh i think that it is now time for you to say those magic words john Oh, boy, it's time for me to do my Wally impression. Yes. Except he, he doesn't know how to say thanks again for listening. I'm John Deck. Well, then he obviously doesn't know how to say, and I'm Anthony Verneri, and this has been the Memory Distillery, but we'll right. just go with we'll it We'll do anyway. our best. All right. Wally. Eva. That was so horrible. That was terrible. Both of us. Shame. <laughs> And that was our show. We're done. <laughs> We're done. Goodbye. Sometimes I feel like we're we're very much like those little compressed blocks of trash that Wally uh, produced. Like that's just kind of <laughs> I don't know. That's Ta-da. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I do like his little little noise that he makes when he gets recharged by the sun. The little computer uh, throwback the, the, startup. The little Apple, uh, the Apple boot noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Fantastic.